0: Okay, we're live. Good
1: morning, everybody. Like, I'm not on it. We
0: can still hear Mark, but his video just popped up, so maybe he'll hop back on. Sorry, we're a little bit late. That's kind of becoming my opening line on every one of these, but we've had some technical difficulties. But welcome to today's talk. We've got uh, Pastor Gary, Bill Simpson, and Mark Elliott with us. Mark is in podcast mode right now.
1: Yo.
0: (laughs) Yep, we can hear you so great. We're just going to kind of start. I love to hear from each of you what your position is at GCA, about your experience here. Um, I'll just start with you, Gary, if you want to lead us off.
2: Sure, sure. And again, this is a wonderful opportunity to uh, showcase, I think, the spiritual aspects of our school. Uh, I'm Gary Kirkpatrick, just as Katrina had said, and I am the elementary spiritual life director, and I do coordinate the chapels for both the K through three and the four and five, and I teach two high school uh, Bible classes in support of the high school curriculum as well.
0: Great. Amen. Bill, you want to go?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
3: my name is Bill Simpson. This is my first year at Jungle I am the high school Bible teacher. I teach all Bible classes, grades nine through 12. Um, I also Class, uh, oh, we got a
0: little bit of feedback there. Can you say that again?
3: Sure. Um, I also teach uh, one English class,
1: class the
3: uh, English 12, so I get seniors um, twice a day. But, but yeah, not, yeah, I, I just teach the I through twelfth grade Bible primarily, so it's a good time.
0: Great. So, can one of you or all of you kind of touch on? Actually, wait, Mark, your video is back up. You go ahead. Tell us about your experience at GCA and what you do.
1: Sure. Can you hear me? Okay. Yep. Awesome. Uh, Yeah, I've been at I've been at GCA for um, about ten years, um, working as uh, basically the chapel coordinator, spiritual life director. Um, Yeah, with students, um, helping um, to. Teach them leadership through the worship team, uh, giving them opportunities to speak. You know when, necess- when, when you know when they're able, when they're when they're ready for that. Um, yeah, just really enjoyed that that time there and um, my first year working with um, Mr. Simpson and really enjoyed it. Really enjoy his heart for the students. Enjoy uh, the passion that he has, and of course, always enjoy working with Pastor Gary. Each year, uh, Pastor Gary and I coordinate the overall theme of what um, what we're doing as a school. Like the verse and that kind of a thing.
0: Great. What is the verse for this year? Does anyone remember off the top of their head?
1: Colossians <laughs> 3. I don't Red. remember. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well,
0: it's the end of the year, so you're probably on in next year already.
1: <laughs> yeah. Next year and youth group and lots of other fun things.
0: Yep. So what are the main components of spiritual life for students at GCA? Hmm. Anybody can take this one.
2: Well, obviously one of the main components would be the chapel services we offer on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. And those chapel services, as Mark has said, are uh, focused around a theme passage or a theme uh, context of uh, character traits. And um, We engage a lot of students in those chapel services in roles of leadership, as well as provide a biblical message, of course. Uh, Oftentimes those students then carry that chapel theme into the life group program that I help coordinate. And then that life group program does their life groups on a weekly basis and there are action steps. And there are opportunities to engage um, in love with the students and the families in which we represent based on what chapels has offered. So it's it's a wonderful context to give uh, biblical truths in such a way that students then can place that truth in action as they love others and um, follow through.
1: Yeah, that's great. One of the neat things that um, works as um, kind of a by proxy of what Pastor Gary does is um, he's so he's working a lot with the high school students, um, what they're learning through what he's doing. Um, is how to teach, how to interact with students, how to share their faith, because um, mm-hmm. there's a handful of high school students, 10 to 12, uh, just depending on the year, I guess, or the semester, um, who are coming alongside of a teacher. They're, and the student, high school students are actually the ones teaching the lessons to elementary kids. The elementary kids are grouped not by grade, but by what are called family groups. So it's all different mm-hmm. groups. So what they're also teaching is mentoring, mentoring through relationships. So they're doing it with the elementary school students. What the elementary school students don't realize is they're actually teaching mentoring because you have a fifth grader and a first grader, you know, working together. So um, it's really neat. It really, um, the way the program is set up or the way I guess Pastor Gary has been doing things is, is um, just intentional in that um, through that there, he's also training the high school students to not only teach, but to mentor. um, And he's also teaching the elementary school kids, what it looks like to come alongside of those who are younger than you, you know, to, to help teach. So it's just, to me, I I, I love it. I think it's very exciting um, um, way to, you know, to, to do ministry, to teach ministry. Practical, very practical too.
0: I love that inclusion all the way up through the grades and kind of teaching leadership and getting everybody involved that way. I think that's something really unique that we offer. Yes, it is. So what are some ways that GCA tangibly comes alongside students in their faith journey during their time here? It can be either kind of the bigger more broad things that you guys have talked about or even just things individually that you've witnessed or that you are involved in?
1: Sure, well, one of, go, go ahead. No, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was going to mention like w- one of the things is through the service um, opportunities that we provide. So number one, there's iReach, that we started that's under Pat John, the direction of Pat Johnson. Um, it's one of the spiritual life, um, things that we do, but Pat Johnson does all the hard work. She does all the heavy lifting for us. She's an amazing um, person and a wonderful uh, teacher. Uh, but she puts uh, um, a lot of that together. Pastor Gary, I know works a lot as well with, with Pat Johnson. but, But what I reach is, is it is a, um, middle school, high school outreach day in which we go out into the community um, and we serve those who are in need. So I feel like that's just one way of teaching like in a a practical way. Also our juniors and seniors go to um, Operation Christmas Child um, every year, uh, again, under Pastor Gary's um, uh, leader, he helps put that together. Um, that's kind of another another way that we teach, you know, through through missions, what we're doing kind of with the high school students and the middle school students um, is through those service opportunities and, and um, that kind of a thing. There's other things that we do, but I think you're going to ask some questions later that are going to, um, that will we'll address, you know, a couple of the other things as well. But kind of outside the building, I guess. Yeah. That's,
2: Yeah, that's great. For a personal note, um, you know, anytime you've got some 200 families uh, in one community, there is potential for crises Mm. and personal Mm. struggle. And so as families undergo uh, crises of death or crises of uh, physical challenge or emotional strain, uh, those students then come and they're looking for spiritual guidance. They're looking for God's uh, leading in those times of struggle. And each of us then uh, come alongside those students as they come and they wanna, they wanna pray together. They wanna search the scriptures together. They wanna find encouragement from the Lord. And so we kind of jointly walk alongside them and their family as mm-hmm. they undergo those times of uh, struggle, which uh, we know God allows that to happen for an overall ability of worship, of praise, and of uh, spiritual deepening our love for him. Uh, And that's, that's been very uh, powerful.
0: That's so true. That's one thing I was going to mention, just kind of from an alumni perspective, I graduated in 2014. And you have kind of the big things, you have chapels, Bible class, Um, we talked about biblically, biblically integrated lessons yesterday with Crystal Gehring, you have all those things that you're getting in the classroom, but just the heart of the faculty and the staff is so evident and you know they know what's going on with you they know what's going on with your family um they're there to pray with you I mean I've had so many even I know Pastor Gary and Mark both have prayed with me during my time there I'm sure Bill would have if he had been there but (laughs) they're all you know they're super involved and just always there to kind of lend an ear and a hand in prayer amen (laughs) new visitor. very cute amen to that so kind of, um, we've talked about some of the, we've talked about Star we've talked about Chapel. Bill, I want to hear from you. So this is your first year at GCA. Can you just kind of tell us about that a little bit and maybe something that you've learned?
3: Oh man, so much. <laughs> um, you know, I understand that, you know, COVID gets really stale to talk about and just kind of throw in, you know, in conversation about how the school year went. But I guess one thing I kind of, as I reflect on the year, I guess maybe if you want to say, you know, humorously in a sense that uh, I kind of felt like that once I was starting to get my traction in the classroom, getting your groove, <laughs> get, you know, learning the personalities of the students and learning how to navigate, you know, s- seniors, juniors, sophomores, freshmen through the course of a day and getting different personalities. Um, and then boom, distance learning. And it's a learning curve all over again. And it's not brick and mortar classroom instruction. Now you've got to tailor this curriculum to make it uh, conducive to online distance learning and trying to make sure that Bible isn't turning into a daily devotional every day, but you're maintaining some academic integrity as well. Um, But really, like, I guess we can say what I've learned is um, really just like the support that you have here at GCA. Um, This is my first year teaching at GCA, but it's not my first year being a teacher. Mm -hmm. I had some previous teaching experiences in in another Christian school and some public school um, employment as well. But I really, truly felt like with, like, this year was such a learning curve. In so many ways. Um, like, this is the first time that I actually taught the Bible in an academic setting. The other times I've taught the Bible would be youth groups, Bible studies, mm-hmm. you know, preaching, whatever. So it was just more, you know, devotional uh, stuff like that, sermons. But to actually teach the Bible in an academic setting was different. And so yeah. How to be a teacher and to and to learn different administrative tasks of teaching. And so to have uh, the support of Jamie Deaner, Crystal Gehring, um, other teachers, Brian Hassel coming alongside me and really helping me become a teacher. And I really felt like I learned how to teach this year. And it's great. Uh, you know, and this is, you know, we'll get to this later, but this is the only year two of the Bible curriculum, but my first year of teaching the curriculum and every day was an experiment. I had no idea <laughs> what, you know, with the activities that were in the curriculum, I didn't know what, were, what was going to work, what was going to succeed, what was going to flop, what was going to be a huge hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had kind of had to come in with the mentality of, you know, Today's just going to be an experiment day and we're just going to just take it as it comes and whatever adjustments we need to make for the next period. If this doesn't go well, we'll make that a next the adjustment for the next period or we'll just write it down and adjust it for next year. And so (laughs) um, so I will
0: say, though, that I think that came across to the students really well, because in the, the end of the summer and then in the spring, I did a student focus group with students like Freshmen through seniors at the high school, just to kind of get their opinions, what, you know, just kind of make sure they felt heard, because sometimes there's some grumblings just with anything, but wanting to kind of push that in a constructive way. But we talked about the Bible curriculum and they were a little nervous about it in the summer and they weren't really sure if they liked it. And then we talked about it again in the spring, which is after they had you. And overwhelmingly they said the curriculum came alive, that they loved having you. Um, they all kind of expressed that if something was confusing to them or they didn't understand it, that the next day, you know, you would just scrap whatever you're supposed to do and you'd go back over it and make sure that it made sense to them until everybody really got it. So I, I think, think that's to the program
1: program to you as well. I think, really, Mr. Simpson, it was uh, your genuineness. I—that's I, I, one thing that I heard from, you know, uh, from my students as well. But you know, mm-hmm. when anything, something feels canned, you know, it's just going to be very impersonal. But I don't—I don't ever got—I didn't ever get the sense that they felt that way, like it was genuine. Kind of go with the flow. It was never like a, a strict agenda, as in, like we're going to get through thirty chapters. It was just like. <laughs> Hey, we're gonna we're gonna do what we can do, and mm-hmm. and the important goal isn't to check a box. It's to make sure that you understand. So I I appreciate that as a as a father, because um, then the goal is the is the is the child, not the the curriculum is important. Don't hear me saying that, but the, the goal is the student's learning, and and it should always be the goal. Yeah, mm-hmm. love
0: Thank that. You. That's a great yeah. perspective you have there too. So we've touched on the curriculum a little bit. Bill, can you kind of explain the high school curriculum? You mentioned that we switched to it. I think the year before you came, we kind of mixed up our curriculum and now we're doing a more buildable model. Can you touch on that a bit?
3: Yeah, to be completely honest, I'm still learning how it builds on each other. So I can. the best way I can answer this question is to kind of recap what, you know, in summary form, you know what the ninth grade learned in their first two semesters and then this and then the sophomore curriculum which is because we're in year two you had sophomores juniors and seniors in the sophomore curriculum
0: uh, okay that makes sense
3: so the next year we're gonna have with year three the with soph- the freshmen will have their own curriculum the sophomores will have their own curriculum and then juniors and seniors will be on year three um, okay so, so in
0: three years, we'll hit you up and get the real full answer.
3: <laughs> exactly.
0: We've <laughs> seen someone through a cycle. But yeah, go ahead with what, what you're learning now. <laughs>
3: um, so to start off with the ninth grade curriculum, to be honest with you, it's in like even for me, um, it, was a, it was kind of an intimidating curriculum because you're talking a lot about Like a lot of philosophical, metaphysical concepts. What is nature? What's the nature of reality? What is truth? You know, subjectivity, objectivity. um, You know, just, and really it tackles the culture of today of what's your truth versus my truth and what is real truth.
0: And so relative and absolute truth and all that.
3: Exact. Yes. Absolute truth and the two natures of reality with Genesis 1 1 of heaven and earth and and learning the four primary worldviews of um i'm on the spot here so but you know like um natu- uh, materialism immaterialism monism and then theism and then by the end of the first semester we we're talking about not just theism but christ-centered theism
1: mm-hmm.
3: and so you're discussing four five primary worldviews, along with these different these difficult um philosophical concepts of nature, reality, what is truth, absolute truth. And you can tell that the students were really struggling with this because it's such a jump from what they were learning in the elementary middle school to now the high school curriculum. And so you're it's all about laying a foundation for the second semester because then we start talking about inspiration and the dependability mm-hmm. of the Bible and can we trust the Bible and um, the inspiration and the illumination of the Holy Spirit? And then we start talking about the different patriarchs of the Old Testament. And so it's, it builds off of each other. Where The first semester is all about just getting the puzzle pieces and mm-hmm. out, getting the frame. And then throughout the semester, you're starting to fill in the puzzle. Um, and then in the second semester, it gets a little easier because now you start talking about more familiar concepts with, this, with sin and fall and all that mm-hmm. so foundations of faith two builds on foundations of faith one and foundations of faith is very hefty with these head with this, this heady information
2: yeah and
3: I'll be honest with you um, it's great information and once I started teaching it and I started understanding it for myself I got more confident in it but even as a seminary student, there were a lot of things that we talked about in ninth grade curriculum that we just touched <laughs> on in the seminary class.
0: You had to dig a little deeper first. <laughs> exactly.
3: And so, um, so it was a learning curve for me, but then, um, but once we got through that, the students were starting to do better. So it's all about that foundational stuff. Mm-hmm. Then with the sophomore curriculum, um, what we talked about is again, I'm getting my, I might be getting my terms and stuff mixed up here, but it's, uh, seeker to follower. And Mm -hmm. what the first semester curriculum for sophomore, for the sophomore level is the divinity of Jesus, the humanity of Jesus, uh, digging through Isaiah and, and see what were the prophecies like when, when Jesus was being foretold to be the Messiah. And then, we go and we discuss in, in, in the next couple of units to see what other religions think about Jesus's divinity and Jesus's humanity. Um, and then we, we finish the semester off with um, what it is, you know with, with eschatology, you know, the last days and the different views of the rapture and the millennium and and Jesus's kingship and his authority. And so. You can see how it builds up. And then the second semester is all spiritual formation, um, Bible studies, um, inductive Bible studies. Um, we, and we started doing that in the ninth grade curriculum as, as well. You know, And so the sophomores, um, we do a little bit of a, of a review in the beginning of the semester of what the inductive Bible study method is, going through different Bible study tools with Blue Letter Bible and Bible Gateway and Bible Hub. And just getting them reacclimated to these different Bible study tools and methods that's available to them to study the Bible inductively. And so, spiritual formation is just like more, it's more project based than lecture based. A lot of group work, individual studies, stuff like that. Um, Some review from last semester, but for the most part, spiritual formation is very project heavy that you can do in the classroom. That's when, and that's one of the things I try to be mindful of too is that students don't want to be going home with hefty Bible projects. Try and keep it in the classroom so they can actually engage and discuss. Because when you learn, you want to learn in fellowship and community. You want to pull from ideas from each other. Because mm-hmm. I may read a passage is going to be a little different than my partner, and you can pull and get ideas off each other. And when you make observations, I'm going to make observations that are going to be different than someone else. And so. It's all about what I try to emphasize to the students regardless of what the curriculum is is that you know mm-hmm. doing life together Christianity is a journey it's a pilgrimage and you want to be learning from each other so don't be afraid to discuss and have a little bit of a debate argue you know argue I don't want arguments to break <laughs> out in class but, you know like we have widely oh, yeah. dis- healthy debate yeah so um, but so that's kind of like broad brushstroke of what the Bible curriculum is for right now. And what next year's curriculum is, um, I think it's more doctrine heavy and philosophy and stuff like that. So I haven't gotten to look at it yet, but, um, from what I've been able to gather, I think it's more, it's, it's, it's a lot of doctrinal stuff.
0: In a way, I'm kind of glad for you that you are tackling it one year at a time with them. So you didn't have to figure out four <laughs> full years all at once, especially if it's kind of that... FT information, like you're saying. (laughs) That's great. Yeah, I think it seems super comprehensive. I didn't take this exact curriculum, obviously, because it's new, but I think you're doing a great job with it. And I think that um, it's great that it builds on itself because you kind of really just get those foundations down first before. And you never know, kids do. They come from different backgrounds, different, um, you know, some Kids at the school have been with us since kindergarten, and they just have this really solid biblical foundation. And then we also have students that maybe just join us for high school or middle school. So I think it's kind of good for them to be able to, in a way, start out on the same playing field and get those foundations down, that same understanding. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad you
3: said that too, because, I they think the second or third day of school, I just kind of lay the foundation of what we're we'll be talking about. Mm-hmm. So that's what theology means, you know. If Theo, God, logy, study. So the study of God. And basically what it comes down to is as long as you have an opinion about God that makes you a theologian. And so it kind of comes down to the fact of how responsible the theologian are you. Even an atheist is a theologian because as long as an atheist has an opinion or a word about God that makes him or her a theologian. Mm -hmm. So... When we're to kind of level of the playing field, regardless of church denomination, saved background, unsaved background, whatever the case is, we're all theologians in this classroom and we're all gonna be learning together and we're all gonna have perspectives and ideas that we need to, to to juggle and to discuss, as long as truth is being taught, obviously. But at the same time, like you said, you know, we're all theologians and we're all trying to figure this out together with the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And so I think that's an end to be honest with you every single day. I had to invite the Holy Spirit in because like I mentioned before, I've never taught the Bible in an academic setting before. This is brand new curriculum, three days in experiment. I'll be honest, probably every day I came in with knots in my stomach cause I didn't know how the day was going to go. And I just had to just let God be the primary teacher. And so as much as I appreciate the congratulations and stuff, I gotta say, God was the one who, who truly taught us this year because um, I just there were times I just had no idea what I was doing, and so <laughs> but, <laughs>
0: that's great. Though I mean, you laid it you laid it down at the feet. That's all we're supposed to do, yeah. and you showed up for us. I love that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, one of the things that so one of the things that we do through the chapels as well is. Um, you know, um, trying to make, um, th- there to be some intentionality over, over the years. So for instance, um, a couple of years ago, we covered the Beatitudes. Um, another time we covered misconceptions that we have, um, about God or, um, you know, that kind of a thing. Uh, this past semester, that's one thing that we looked at. Um, so t- taking a look at like passages of scripture so that, um, as we kind of, move throughout the years, we've covered major portions of scripture that are, are foundational kind of like um, what Mr. Mm-hmm. Simpson was saying um, in understanding, not only understanding, you know, um, their own personal faith, but even just understanding the Bible. So we use a, a variety of different um, pastors from the area. A lot of them youth pastors, some pastors um, who are willing to come in. It's tricky because you obviously you want people who are, are good communicators because of the age range that you have. Um, I feel like they do a great job um, of communicating you know, to the students. Um, there are, are several of always who are favorites um, yeah. as, they, as, you know, as they come in, um, probably even once from when you were there that may mm-hmm. still be coming I don't know. Um, but yeah, so even like looking at overall um, in chapel, being sure that we're teaching things um, so that as they move through, you know, their, their middle school through high school, um, they're not hearing the same things over and over again. But from, you know, middle school to high school, you know, they've heard, they've had a chapel experience that's been different from start to finish. That's
0: great. So can we talk, we've mentioned chapel too. So Bible class, just to clarify, they have Bible every day. It's a taught as a core subject, right? Yes. And um, that's elementary through high school as well. They are in Bible class every day. So kind of getting, and like you said, in that academic setting of Bible too. And I think we do a great job of supplementing even more of that kind of relational and community aspects through through things like chapel service projects, um, the investment of teachers. I'm sure there's more that I'm not thinking of, but just kind of having a well-rounded spiritual experience for the students. Um, but kind of moving back to chapels, Pastor Gary, can you tell us what the typical elementary chapel looks like, the ones that you're kind of involved in.
2: Sure, sure can. We have found that it's more effective for the youngers, the kindergarten through three, to have a major component of praise and prayer and a lesser component of instruction. Instruction is still a component, but it's only a five or ten minute component as opposed to Mm -hmm. a 20 minute praise and prayer component. And so we have very interactive, engaging praise time And then our prayer time is initiated by some of the staff and some of our pastors, but then also initiated by student prayer partners. Each chapel service, we have two prayer partners from every grade K, one, two, three, coming forward with some um, starting points to pray for. But then we let the Holy Spirit, as our brother has pointed out, to really take that leadership on how they felt led to pray for themselves, their family, and their Christian community here at GCA. Um, and then like Mark has said, we do a variety of teachings from year to year. Some years we teach more on the major miracles of Christ. Some years we teach on some of the prophecies of Christ from the Old Testament. Some years we teach on uh, uh, Bible characters or Bible heroes and highlight 10 to 12 heroes during the course of a semester. Um, and it's it's very engaging for them. Then we get to the fourth and fifth grade chapel and we have a little less praise and prayer and a little more Bible instruction. So almost a balance of 15 minutes and 15 minutes for them.
0: Great. So those, they do those separately.
2: Yes, there's a separate, separate for them. Each chapel runs about 35 minutes.
0: Great. I will say the Little the little Kids Chapel is very fun to sit in on. They get all their wiggles out with their praise time. And yeah. <laughs> it's a fun time.
2: They do. They love it. They love it. They have favorite songs they want to hear every week, but we still try to change it up every <laughs> once in a while. I love it. Of course, it. Pastor Dave Mason comes in on a regular basis to assist us with live praise. It's always great to have Pastor Dave.
0: Yeah, I think he did um, a video, too, that we put out. <laughs> during this kind of virtual time we're doing, I think, I don't know if it was on the Facebook group or where it was, but the guy sent out, he recorded himself doing some of their favorite songs for them to do at home, which is fun. Hey, man, they would love it. Yeah. All right, Mark, can you kind of tell us about middle school, high school chapel, what that looks like?
1: Yeah, high school, middle school chapel. Um, so, we I typically, as they're coming in, start out with videos I usually use. Um, I try to find bands that they wouldn't normally listen to Christian bands that they wouldn't normally listen to to kind of introduce them to new Christian music over the, over the years, I've had several students come up and say, Hey, who is that band? I'd like to check them out. Um, and, and some of that is just a, there's, you know, nothing wrong with music and in in general, let's just go with that Mm -hmm. for now. Um, but we do know there's music that's better. There's music that's uplifting. There's music that can have a positive message, even though it might not sound like something that your aunt, um, Margaret would play on on her radio. Um, So I try to use, so it's a little edgier typically, but it's usually, it's very theologically sound. So I I do look at lyrics and and that kind of a thing before I'm playing something. Um, Start out with, so we start out with that. Um, I do like a welcome um, and a prayer and then we have student led worship. So Melody Cox has come alongside of uh, a number of our seniors and has done an amazing job of working with them helping them to, um, what is it like to lead a chapel worship band? How do we pick music? Um, then she's a, a very talented singer, so she has also worked with our singers and learning different um, harmonies, that kind of a thing. And so excited to find out you know, what we have next year. Uh, we're graduating a pretty strong class yeah. of seniors this year so we'll see i'm sure it always works out every year the lord brings along the right people someone that's never played comes along and says hey i do you know i play perfect professionally or something like that you know I'm <laughs> kidding, but, um anyway so excited about that so it's typically about 20 25 minutes of um of singing usually two songs um, sometimes we've done two songs at the beginning, one at the end, sometimes it's just three songs, um, lately we've been doing three songs, and then the message, kind of get them to, um, relax a little bit, let their, you know, let their guard down through that time, um, and then usually about 30, a 30 minute, uh, 30 minutes of teaching. When I teach, I know, um, I, no one wants to sit and listen to a person. Uh, talk for 30 minutes, no matter how interesting it might be, it can get kind of boring. I use a different, a variety of different videos also, you know, through a message. Um, Students are very much into media, so I try to use a lot of media um, as I'm teaching to kind of keep them engaged in in what we're doing. And then there's usually a central theme that we have for that semester. Um, At the end of this past semester, uh, the theme was dear future self. It was what, what would you, what's something that you would want your future self to know um, that you're working on intentionally now. So you're working on something now so your future self can would, would actually thank you. Hey, thanks for picking better friends. Hey, thanks for um, another week. Um, oh, gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. But so we looked at several things that we can change now that our future selves would thank us for. So uh, Todd Garman did a video. Um, Dan Green did a video. Uh, I did a couple of videos. One of my shot um, sitting, in, so the line at Walmart, uh, at Starbucks was so long, I literally shot the entire video, the, <laughs> a 15 minute video sitting in line at Starbucks and, and, and it, you know, kind of fit the theme of like our, our, you know, um, that was the one about the, the friends that we pick, you know, picking the right mm-hmm. friends and that kind of thing, how they can affect the way we view, um, God, the way we view our parents, the way we view our, our faith. So
0: has some dedication and, to get Starbucks though. I will say <laughs> <laughs> that you even pulled into that line. If I see that, I just whip around.
1: <laughs> yeah, I usually do, but it provided a unique opportunity, and I, you know, yeah. and subsequently, it's, um, it was one of the most viewed videos that I've done. Um, I think Todd Garman, because he's a favorite. Um, mm. you know, people love people love listening to him. He's just a he's a he's a he's a great guy, and he's very funny. Very funny.
0: He's funny. Yeah. Well, yeah. Kind of. Touching on that, both of you guys, Pastor Gary and Mark, you guys did a great job. They filmed chapel videos every week during distance learning for kids to watch. Um, I know that was a big effort and it's not always comfortable to get in front of video, but you guys did an amazing job. And I think that was kind of a cool thing that we still got to offer, even though we couldn't all be together during that time. Absolutely. Amen. So we're running a little low on time, so I'm just going to kind of pick what I think are the best questions that are left. Um, Okay, let's do, what is your favorite part about your position at GCA? Just hear briefly from each of you.
1: Um, I don't mind going first. Um, I think for me, watching students learn leadership, watching students um, step forward, watching the fact that we have student that we can have student-led leadership um i sorry student-led worship um to me is a huge blessing no one wants to hear i mean uh, they would rather hear let's say it that way they'd rather hear you know one of their peers leading worship um even though to some it may not be like to the professional degree it could be (laughs) if we had someone else do it they don't care it's authentic it's genuine um, and, and to them, it's engaging because this is my peer and they're willing to step out and, and use their gift. So I think for me, um, one of the things is not only connect, connecting with students personally, you know, coming down to my office and me being able to talk them through, you know, some, uh, some hard thing that's going on. Um, I don't, you know, I enjoy doing the counseling with them. Um, that's one thing as well. But um, love watching them step into leadership and learning ministry, just practical ministry, so that down the road they have that confidence they would need to, to say at their own church, Hey, I'd love to lead worship or I'd love to help out.
0: Amen. I love that. And they definitely do. Like you said, that a lot of them that's stepping outside their comfort zone to lead in different ways, whether it's music or other things in chapel or in the school. And yeah. it's always encouraging to see that and they do a great job.
3: I would say for me personally, um, the backbone that I've learned very quickly with teaching is the student questions that are that occur after class, that that occur during their study halls when they're saying, hey, Mr. Simpson, can I come and talk to you during my study hall? Sometimes it's not even about the lecture or the unit that we're in. It's just whatever it is that they're going through and they need counsel, advice, or just someone to listen to. And theres I'll, I'll be honest, there's been times where I've had no answer, but I've just been not listening in. And sometimes, like, just to kind of like give a little behind the scene um, thought that kind of goes through my mind, sometimes when you feel like you've got such a busy day and you're in these planning periods are crucial, and then you're getting asked to talk to a student because they're initiating, and sometimes you're like, oh, okay. But that's the backbone of the position that it's, it's not the lectures that you prepare it's not the homework yeah. that you assign it's not the test that you give all of those things are good and they have their place but the true backbone of what we do here is the conversations that come after the classroom instruction it's the questions that come once the bell rings because something that was mentioned in class sparked a thought and they want to engage it further or ask some clarifying questions stay after class a little bit, schedule a time to meet with me in my office or in the classroom sometime, even, even during Google Meets during long distance. And so um, I think the question you asked, you know, what, was, what was memorable or what, what, what do I enjoy most about my job? It's that, it's when the students initiate conversation and they want to bring you into their lives. And that's what it makes it that gets missed. It's an invitation into their life and when people are inviting True. you to your life that's a privilege and that's sometimes i it gets easily forgotten when you're so busy when people are inviting you into their life and they're wanting you just to be a in year that's an absolute privilege and it's a ministry and of it itself and so um it just gets when you, it's just, i'm sure you know with pastor gary and pastor mark when they're in their chapels and their lessons sometimes you think that's the no, it's the, you want to get through what you want to get through but at the end of the day, it's those conversations with students that they are trusting you with to have that conversation because they find you safe and um, trustworthy.
0: I love that. <laughs> uh,
2: well, for me, uh, I could just piggyback on that. I have the privilege okay. of working with the youngers. Since I've been here all these years, i work with the youngest population of our school and it's primarily those ages where those individuals discover first time how much God really loves them and how much Jesus really invites them to that relationship and so one of the greatest highlights for all of us is leading individuals to the cross allowing those little light bulbs to go off whether it's after the chapel service after the bible teaching and the classroom with the teacher after conversations with mom and dad and the mom and dad will call you but uh, allowing that one-on-one session where they say you know i need to know how i and jesus can become best of friends i need to know how i can tell him i'm so sorry for my sinfulness but i accept that free gift of everlasting life to the grace of jesus christ so leading them to that point and then seeing that genuine change, that true transformation of heart, mind, body, and spirit, and then having them grow and having that true excitement to get into the middle and high school years where they begin to really live out that life change in witness, in integrity, and in biblical character that God allows them to walk through.
0: I love that. I think this is the perfect way to end this. That was encouraging from all of you. Um, thank you guys so much for your time today. Thanks for jumping on. I know we had technical difficulties and you all just really strived to make it work. And we got here. Um, you guys just have so much wisdom and we're so blessed to have you at GCA. So we'll kind of, we're going to hop off after that. But everybody make sure that you tune back in today at 6 p.m. We're going to be talking with Jamie Deaner kind of just looking back at this school year and hearing from her and kind of her heart for GCA. So.
2: Thanks guys Thanks.